The following is a test of our emergency system. This is only a test. This concludes this test. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're off. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. podcast would this be if we didn't start with bummer news we always try to get the bummer news out of the way here's what i love is that we always start low and then we end hot with a joke i think it's a Red good hot. formula yeah yeah maybe we well not always. switch it around should we start with <laughs> mirth and then descend into lugubrious depression and ever-living hell like would we, that be I like that we touch on all the emotions. I think that's the fun of the podcast. So go ahead well, and start it, out low. What are you going to say? As you know, Lisa, Olivia Newton-John checked out since our last podcast. I know. 73. This woman had been fighting cancer for so long. So yes. it does show, I guess, that when you get that awful diagnosis, it doesn't mean immediate curtains for most of us. They're able to extend lives Hers yeah. was Do you know how one. long she uh, suffered from it? I know it was a long time. But I don't know how long. I, I think it was in the excess of 20 years at least. Wow. Is what yeah. I heard, so. yeah. She was cool. She was very cool. And this was a good song of summer that she and John Travolta did from the movie Grease. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So that's, that's happy. Summer Eleven, yeah. That'll be her legacy. And then it was ripped, and then it was ripped at the seams. I believe is one of the lines in that uh, song, which yeah. is hitting a little close to home for me. Yeah. I, you know, I well, I told you, I've I've had some Summer Eleven this summer. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Had. That... Had. Oh. Ha- had. Oh. Crap. <laughs> crap i don't know i i don't know i don't know where i don't know but you know what if nothing else yeah it was a lovely little summer fling so there you yeah, go that's a, okay I'm, i mean I, I think that's a good way to look at it sure. uh let me go through a couple other people that um uh, bill, uh you ever heard of a guy named bill Pittman? he was a guitarist with a loose loosely constructed 
group of musicians called the Wrecking Crew. And they played, no. Wrecking Crew played on so many songs. Here's just a huh. quick sampler. Strangers in the night, exchanging glances. Here he is on the mandolin. Raindrops have fallen on my head. And Bill Pittman's playing guitar on all of them. He's a, he was 102 when he checked out. Wow. Yeah, that's a good long run of musicianship. No kidding. The woman who sang this song. Hey there, Georgie girl, swinging down the street so fancy free. Georgie girl, Judith Durham, passed away at 79. Inside you. Um, Are you done? I mean, geez. Yeah, I guess I'm done. Uh, 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 one of my favorite authors, David McCullough, uh, passed away too, 89 years old, wrote books on John Adams, Truman, which I have on my bookshelf right now. I'm looking at it. It's great. Mm -hmm. uh, won Pulitzer Prizes for both of those books and a lot of others. And he had a wonderful voice. So you heard him on a lot of documentaries through mm. the years as well. The real effect of October 29th took a little longer to sink in. By noon, all the gains of the previous year had been obliterated. By 4 p.m., nearly $10 billion of market value was gone. Very familiar voice. Yeah. Uh, nobody should be that good. You can't be a great writer, and also <laughs> you get to have a great voice. Now, you got to yeah, choose. Yeah, that's kind of hogging up all the gifts. You yeah. Should, you really only have be bestowed with maybe one really great gift. Or, <laughs> or, or a handful of mediocre ones. Yeah. You shouldn't like, yeah. No, no, it should be fair. <laughs> when you, be when fair. you use the, uh, when you just said that the thing about hogging up, it reminds me that when we, my wife and I used to watch Seahawks games, and if they were losing, Patty would throw up her hands and say, well, no wonder the other team is hogging the ball. <laughs> that's exactly how you lose. Yeah, that's They're... how you lose. <laughs> speaking that's of that, funny. speaking of uh, sports, uh, my summer love has been to see, uh, the, the uh, Seattle Mariners' unlikely and remarkably improved fortunes this summer. Now, it could still all end in ho hopeless misery, but as of <laughs> that's what as you of say now, every that's what you say every year. Well, I, that's that. because that happens every year. I mean, it's not what. Yeah, I, there's there's a foundation to my to my belief there, but it looks pretty good. They're playing well. It's it's fun, and uh, some people don't give a hoot about such things. But I've I've that always loved that baseball, and uh, so it's cool. But I was mean. thinking that they're playing now at a place called T-Mobile Park, which was, which began as Safeco Field. Oh, yeah. But remember the days when stadiums just were what they were? There's Yankee Stadium. There was the Kingdome. That would, they right. didn't have a, any corporate name to it. Now everything's Candle, got a corporate Candlestick name. Candlestick Park. I remember watching the San Francisco yeah, it wasn't, uh, Giants or whoever the hell they Yeah, were. there was Giants. And, and it wasn't because... It was uh, sponsored by a candlestick company. Right. 
Right. Yeah, this, that was the name. Yeah, of Wrigley it. Field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that was Wrigley Gum, but yeah. Oh, was it? Okay, I didn't know that. Well, why didn't o- they call it? Wait, wait. Why didn't they call it Wrigley Gum Field then? Well, uh, <laughs> they did have an opportunity to name second base Double Mint. Yeah, you know, but they didn't do that. <laughs> but I'm just, I was just wondering. Uh, you know, we got these are real names. Some of them are not all American names. Some are for soccer fields, but. At at the moment, we have a place called Sleep Train Arena, which uh, is asking a lot of fans to stay awake. Minute Maid mm-hmm. Park, what a burger field! That's an Astros really? AAA affiliate. Yeah, what a burger field! There's Cheaper Insurance Direct Stadium. Oh my God! And in England, I believe it's there's a Tony Macaroni Arena. <laughs> And then in Glendale, Arizona, where the Super Bowl is going to be played this year again, they uh, play that at University of Phoenix Stadium. And as you know, University of Phoenix isn't even really an actual physical campus. It's an an online school. Yeah. I used to tell people that uh, they say, well, where did you and your wife meet? And I said, well, uh, I played football (laughs) at the University of Phoenix for for seven years, and my wife was a cheerleader, and that's how we met. (laughs) And do some people get it and others go, oh, that's so great. What a yeah. great story. Oh, no. Yeah. The, the latter is usually <laughs> the case. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I love that story. That's great. That's so great. And the University of Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky is the KFC Yum Center. <laughs> KFC I actually like Yum. that one. You like that one? I would go to that one. KFC Yum Center. But I'm just wondering, yeah. are there any limits? Should there be limits to stadium naming rights? What what if well, what if a, what if the people from Xlax came forward and said, "We will pay you your highest fee to have naming rights for your stadium, Xlax right. Field, or or GasX Park, yeah, be great, yeah, or Dick's Stadium, <laughs> or Trojan Condom Center, Headlice Arena, you know, Bed Bug Spray." Uh, uh. <laughs> Hemorrhoid right. dreams, the, yeah. diarrhea relief depends. You, you know, home pregnancy test field. <laughs> Tam- you know. Tampax Hall would be great. <laughs> Don't they just have to finally put the brakes on this stuff? <laughs> probably not. Money. Yeah, you're probably money right. is money is king. It it's all That's about true. money. That's right. I wrote a bit one time for the TV show I used to do called Almost Live. I was a part of it. And the bit was pretty innocuous, really. It was at the time that the Mariners had just were just about to move into the new Safeco Field, which, as I mentioned, is now T-Mobile Park. Mm-hmm. But my idea was, are pretty naming rights are going to become the thing, and then not just naming the stadium after uh, a sponsor, but every component of the field. You know, in other words, oh, they're, they're, got it. I you know I saw that first base. Is right. sponsored by First Interstate Bank, you know. Clever. Uh, secondhand books on second base. <laughs> um, third good. federal mortgage. Uh, oh, home, wait. We have, home Depot we have, we have, plate. We, we have third place books that would work too. That would work. Yeah. Or third federal mortgage, I thought of too. And then uh, what was for home base? Uh, home Depot plate. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Or the maybe, home goods store. Maybe some places. short short ribs company for shortstop. I don't know. So, <laughs> but I had this whole thing written out, and then then I had it called up Dave Niehaus, the late great 
Mariners announcer, and Rick Riz was going to be in it. And they, to give legitimacy to the bit, I was going to have the real announcers of the Mariners. And this would be part of their rap as they're calling the game. And he's coming to Home Depot plate now, and here's the pitch. And it's a hit, and down he goes, and it's a solid single. He stands on First Interstate Bank, uh, the Interstate Bag Bag, or whatever. You know, that that was the whole idea of the bit. That's very funny. And what happened? They shot it down. The Mariners said, (gasps) ah, no, we think it might make Safeco mad. So would you guys please not do the bit? Now, we could have proceeded forward and done the bit anyway, but I, I wasn't that married to the idea that oh that just, man that would have been such a classic that's a know. shame well and it was a precursor to what what it's become you know right these these naming rights things yeah but i let it go and, and uh, well Niehaus, uh, uh was very much uh in favor of doing the bit anyway i said nah but i don't want to get you in trouble yeah it, it's not that important hey that's by the way here's a thing that I see a lot on these series that we see mainly on Netflix and things like that. And they always oftentimes will say this program will be presented with limited commercials. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Wait, where are you seeing this? Oh, just at the, kind of in the beginning where they have the, you know, the, uh, are you talking about regular television or yeah, regular television. streaming service? Yeah, okay, yeah, or got streaming it. services too. Any any kind of program, and but they will often list it as being with limited commercials. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's what it said. They just said they're not going to have as many commercials as normal. They don't even say that. The unlimited <laughs> commercials is not defined. Limited to Lim- what? One every three seconds? I mean what? <laughs> Oh, I see what you're saying. As compared to unlimited commercials, that's what they should yeah. say. This yeah. program will be presented with unlimited commercials, but very limited programming. You need to stop thinking so hard about things. Uh, we should also should mention, uh, I guess, since we kind of set the time stamp on these podcasts, that Salman Rushdie at this moment is yes. recovering from getting yes. stabbed. Uh, he was in... Yes. He, and he may lose an eye, they say. Um, oh, my But God. it looks like he's going to recover, but it's going to be a long, re- hard recovery, apparently. Some deranged uh, idiot came and leapt onto the stage where Rushdie was speaking. He's been under threat, I think, since 1989, something like wow. that, uh, when they put out a fatwa on him. One of the Iran, the, maybe the Ayatollah Khomeini was the one who initiated this because they didn't like what Rushdie was writing. Right. And so he must die. Yeah. Right. So he's been under threat for much of his life, but somebody finally got to him. But it looks like he's going to pull through. Did they get the guy that stabbed him? I didn't read the news about this. I just I heard it very briefly in somewhere, but I didn't hear the details. You know, now that you mention it, I can't keep these things straight. Is, did this, they kill the guy? Did they arrest the guy? Did he get away? These these stories all flow by us so fast that you can't I keep know. any of them straight. All right. Well, enough about all of that. Here's a here's an interesting uh, 
tale my wife told me. It's funny, you know, I've been married forever, but sometimes you hear <laughs> stories for the first time. And I said, well, that, that's an amazing tale. Like I told you the, the time that she wound up on a yacht and it, it turns out to have belonged to Groucho Marx. And she, she didn't really have a very good idea who Groucho was. He's had a change of heart. A lot of good that'll do him. He's still got the same face. And spoke to him for <laughs> oh some time God. on the ship. I welcome you with open arms. Is that so? How late do you stay open? I never heard this and, story. And I was so jealous. Yeah, she. so she was going to nursing school down in San Diego. And uh, a, another woman who was studying as well to be a nurse came from a very wealthy family. The Candelarias, she said. That was it. Oh. The Candelarias. And they had this yacht. And they said, hey, Patty. Her friend said, you want to come out and we're going to go to Catalina Island this Ooh, weekend. That's Patty. so pretty. I love Catalina Island. Never been there. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. What It's such a great little, oh, I love would, it so would much. You say it's I've a, been a couple of times. Would you say it's as beautiful as Mercer Island? Beautifuler. 26 miles across the sea, Santa Catalina is awaiting for me, Santa Catalina, the island. So she, they hop aboard the yacht, and out they go. And then they say, oh, look, there's some people we know. And so they come up to another yacht, and they tie up, and then they walk aboard the other yacht. And lo and behold, Patty, the way she said it was, well, there's this guy, and I recognized him vaguely, but I'd usually seen pictures of him with thicker eyebrows. Oh, hold me closer, closer, closer. I'll hold you any closer, I'll be in back of you. So I didn't recognize who it was. And even if I did, I wasn't that big a fan. Why don't you go home to your wife? I'll tell you what, I'll go home to your wife. And outside of the improvements, you'll never know the difference. But he was very nice. We sat and we chatted about all kinds of things. He was very, uh, very gentlemanly and very sweet. Older man. Uh, and it turned out to be Groucho Marx. So, you didn't think I was a real detective, eh? Uh, if you're a detective, I'm a monkey's uncle. Keep your family out of this. Believable. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like, uh, I don't know. I'm sitting next to Babe Ruth somehow, and right, and I don't appreciate it. But uh, right, uh, anyway, I, it, so I've been jealous of her ever since. <laughs> so, so then the other day she tells me this story. She was pregnant. Um, she had a uh, previous marriage, and uh, and a, and a son was the result of that. Cam. Boy named Cam, who's my son now. So she was pregnant with him, uh, and pretty pregnant, maybe eight months pregnant. I mean, she was really sticking out there. Did anyone ever tell you you look like the Prince of Wales? I don't mean the present Prince of Wales, one of the old Wales. And believe me, when I say Wales, I mean Wales. I know a whale when I see one. Mm -hmm. And she and it's and Cam was born on Halloween. So this was just two weeks before Halloween. She decided I'm gonna go to a pumpkin farm and I'm gonna try and pick out a pumpkin for Halloween purposes. And it was a, one of those cornfield things, you know, corn yeah. maze kind of places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super and, fun. You get I get hot apple cider. You yeah yeah really yeah, fun. You do a hayride. You, yeah yeah. Uh, they're they're really cool, very cool. And uh, so she uh, she's looking around. She's looking at various pumpkins and things. It's one of those ones where you know you drive when you pick out your own pumpkin and then right. pay for it. So she's looking around, not finding anything. Oh, what would make a good jack o' lantern? Now ah, this one's nah. This one didn't work. She winds up saying, I can't, I don't see one I'd like. I'd probably do just as well going to Safeway or Albertsons to get a pumpkin. Follow me, man. Never mind the man, just the women. So she heads back wow. to her. Hold on. She's, she seems really picky. 
Geez, you're in a big pumpkin patch, and there's not one single one. That well, they're fits so the... orange. <laughs> they're also orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're so round. You have another color in these? <laughs> well, that, that's pretty much all we got, lady. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> thank you. I'm moving. So she's going to her car to leave fruitlessly because she couldn't find what she wanted. And just as she starts to get into her car, some guy comes up to her, the guy who runs, hey, excuse me, ma'am, um, you're going to have to pay for that. Oh, she said, what? Oh, no. Pay for what? <laughs> the pumpkin you got hiding under your shirt. <laughs> now, mind you, she's eight months pregnant. <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to need you to take that pumpkin out of your shirt, ma'am, and pay for it. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I don't have a pumpkin. I. Well, what, well, what is that bulging out of your shirt there oh, down Jesus low? Christ, really? Well, if you if you want to know, I'm pregnant. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, sure you are. Oh, my God, really? And so she has to lift up oh. her, her shirt, her blouse. Oh, my God. To show that she's not trying to shoplift a pumpkin out of there. How humiliating. Well, what a jackass. Yeah, what a jackass is right. And, uh, but, and I didn't, and she doesn't remember how it turned out, it, but it was, it was sort of like the guy couldn't admit that he was wrong. So he said, all right, I, all right, carry on, you know, that kind of thing. You, yeah. you can, you, <laughs> yeah. you can leave now. Right. Uh, when yeah. You, yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you a man or a mouse? You put a piece of cheese down there and you'll find out. We could go do that at a pumpkin farm. And then sneak out with a pumpkin. Well, no, you can't because they're going to make you lift up your shirt. What are you talking about? That's a poor, well, that's a very poor idea. How about if I go to a grape farm and try to steal a grape by putting <laughs> putting it down my pants? I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to question that. <laughs> yeah, you probably would get away with that. <laughs> I could probably get away with that. Oh, we know him. No, no, that's not a grape. Go ahead. You can go, sir. But it asked me, it, it begged, it, I wanted to ask you, have you ever stolen anything? I mean, um, oh, God, yes. Oh, oh, wow, that answer was quick. <laughs> of course, I I think everybody has stolen something, don't you think? I don't know. And again, I know we're talking about scale here. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure everybody has stolen a pen from work yeah. or. Uh, a computer. I mean, you again, scale. But yeah, I actually, I've told you this story about my my shoplifting career that started. Yeah, but tell it again. Early, I like it. That started rather early and ended just as quickly because of what my mother did to me. We'll add, we'll add sound effects to your story too. <laughs> so there was. I actually can maybe recreate it here. Actually, you don't need to, Pat. Let me see. Hold oh on. yeah, yeah, okay, you yeah. Could I do got it. this. Here we go. So, uh. I was probably about four, maybe five years old. Can't remember. Four or five years old. And by the way, the have you ever days, noticed when we tell stories about ourselves, we tend to make ourselves younger than we really were? No, that's not true. Why are you saying that? Well, I always tell the story about me accidentally starting a forest fire right next to our house. I remember that I story. Kid. But I always put yeah. my age at around six or seven. In fact, somebody reminded because... me no, you were 16 years old. Oh, <laughs> You weren't a little innocent kid. You you were yeah, old enough to that, know better, you idiot. That's the thing. Yeah, you yeah. try to make it like, well, you know, I was so young. My brain wasn't even barely yeah, let, developed. Let's, so. let's make this story better and I can sound more <laughs> innocent that way. 
But in your defense, a 16-year-old boy's brain yeah. is no more developed than a six-year-old boy's brain. So or a six-year-old monkey's brain, for that matter. Yeah. So I was about five. Maybe I was 16. No, I don't think I was. I was five, five or six. And... Uh, Do you remember the, the day, incident, or did your mom I tell it to you later? I totally remember this. I completely remember this because it was such a traumatic situation. It was yeah. so traumatic for me, but it's it scared me straight. Remember those those videos back yeah. in the day? Scared yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah they, my they'd mom get was... juvenile delinquent types that yes. be brought into a room, and some tough yes. drill instructor guy would tell you know what. I spent 27 years in the big house. You want that for your life? Let me tell you what goes on in there. You ain't going to like it. And every kid's yes. trembling at the, oh, I'm, I'm going exactly. straight, sir. Yeah. That's exactly what my mother did to me. So uh, I don't even think they have them anymore. I, maybe they do, but uh, these were big bins of open bins of candy called Brock's Candy BRAC. Oh, yeah, I remember that. A day's a little brighter with treats from Brock's. Spend this sweet little moment with Brock's Royals, rich in smooth caramels made with milk and filled with your favorite fillings. They're more than just candy. Nobody treats America like Brock's. Brock's Candy, and you had just a big open bin, and you had a little paper sack that you would fill. It was sold by weight. So mm -hmm. you'd fill mm -hmm. your little sack with different flavors. You'd put butterscotch in one and the mint in the other, chocolate. Blah. So just these little hard candies or chewy candies that you would get a bag of candy. <clears throat> and I had been pestering my mom when we went to the grocery store to get some of these Brock Brock's candies. And she said, no. And I just found that wholly unacceptable. That just was not part of my plan for the day to not have any candy. Right. And reasonable. so. That we, sounds reasonable. Yeah. Candy. I call my sugar candy. Because I'm sweet on candy. And candy's sweet on me. And so we went, continued shopping, and I don't know how I found myself back at the Brock's uh, display, but I do remember this vividly because this was how easy it was to do. I had a little dress on, and I picked my little dress up, and I opened up my underpants, and I shoved a bunch <laughs> of candy. <laughs> candy down my pants and thought well i'm just gonna do it like this i didn't have a purse i was five years old so yeah. i had under underpants didn't have any pockets in my dress but i had underpants so i shoved a bunch of candy down my pants and <laughs> for those that, <laughs> that don't know what the brock's candy was they were wrapped in crinkly cellophane all all the candies were in the that really clear crinkly cellophane <laughs> So, so we get done shopping and, you know, it's all noisy in the, in there. And we start walking out to the, to the car and my mom's like, hurry up, we're late. And so I'm walking faster and that, that fast movement's creating a lot of noise from my pants. Okay. Let's do the sound effects now as you're walking to the car. <laughs> right. So it, so it sounds like this. 
<laughs> and it's kind of faint. It's not as it loud as I'm good. making that it. Sounds good. Yeah, it's not, not quite as loud. But my mom, we get to, we get to the car, and she's like, "What the what the hell is that noise?" And I'm standing there. Of course, there's no noise. I go, "What? I don't know what noise." There's no noise because I'm standing there. <clears throat> so she puts mm-hmm. the stuff in, and then we get around to the go around to the side of the car. She's like, "That that noise? What is that noise coming from you?" And I I was so young, I didn't really know how to lie my way out of that one. And yeah. I said, "Oh, that's just some candy in my pants." <laughs> oh, okay. Get in the car, honey. That's just some candy in my pants. Right. So. <clears throat> My mother was horrified that I had shoplifted candy. And and she was even more horrified that I had defied her when she had explicitly said no candy. So there were a couple things going on. I had disappointed her greatly that day for a couple of reasons. But she uh, decided instead of punishing me, she was going to she was going to just really lay this on thick. And she said, all right, well, let's go back to the uh, go back to the store and we're going to have to talk to the store manager about this. And that for some reason, oh, my God, it was like. No, I'd rather have a spanking or a timeout or whatever as you Could get you gonna me? dole out. Huh? Could you kill me, please? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just kill me. Uh, I don't want to go talk to the, the manager. I don't know. I you know, you always want to dance with the devil you know, and that is, yeah. you know, I always knew what kind of punishment I was gonna get from my mom, but I didn't know who this man what this man was gonna do to me. So she marches me back into the store <laughs> and Asks to speak to the store manager and we go into his office and I am just trembling and uh, she makes me tell him. She doesn't tell him what I did. She says, all right, go on, Lisa, tell him what you did. And I just remember being just horrified and I, I was just trembling and so upset. And I said, I stole some candy. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. And he's like, all right, um, where's the candy? I go, it's in my pants. And he goes, all right. And I took the candy out and he goes, well, we don't want it back. <laughs> it's, been in your, it's been in your pants. You could have better put it you in can, a special bin. You can keep it. And my mom said, no, she can't keep it. We'll throw Slightly it Slightly used. Right, exactly. And then um, I, I can't really remember anything after that other than the we don't want the candy back. But just that I, I you know, left and I, I was just so scared of the whole thing that I, I, I never stole. I never put candy in my pants again. Let me just put it that way. I've been a prisoner in this penitentiary for 18 years. You're the new guys. What did you do? Me? I stole the car and robbed a bank. Hmm. How about you? I uh, committed a triple homicide. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, over there, what are you in here for? I was caught stealing candy in my pants. Get out of my sight. Oh, my God. By the way, while you were telling that story, my dog came in the room and started scooting across the floor. Oh, that's charming. 
on his ass. Yeah. So does that mean he has worms? No, it means that his anal glands need to be expressed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was so cheap that I got on YouTube one time and and looked up how to express oh, your dog's anal gross. glands, thinking I could do gross. it. Gross. No. Yeah, you know what it is. Yes. If people don't know, you can look it up. But No, don't look it up. I, For so people, I, hold on. People who don't know what that is, just do yourself a favor and don't look it up. Because if you've lived your whole life up to now not knowing what anal gland express expressing is, you don't really need to know. You can go on your whole life and not know what it is. Express yourself. Express yourself. I couldn't. I just couldn't take it. Yeah, you've got a delicate gag reflex anyway. I can't believe you thought for one second that you could do that. I thought I could save some money doing it. No. The other thing is not, it's, it's extremely gross, but it also smells really bad. Well, that's it. That's the thing. I know. I, you know those, you know those things that you use. They give you the little plastic things when you go into a concert to stick in your ears. What? Those little, they they look ear like uh, they're sponge rubber. You stick them in your ear. They're uh, ear protection. Yeah, earplugs. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought I had the idea that why don't I stick those in my nostrils <laughs> as I'm trying to express oh. it? Maybe then I could get through it. <laughs> And? Well, that didn't work either because the visual is just as bad. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. Yeah, it assaults a couple of senses at the same time. Yeah. And that's. I'm sorry I got off on that. It just happened right in front of me. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Hey, uh, speaking of you stealing candy, did I ever tell you about the time I tried to steal Pop Rocks out of a store? Oh, you stole candy you know? too? I don't think I've, you've ever told me this. Yeah. No, this is a little joke I'm setting up oh. here. I just thought of it. <laughs> okay. I... Did you hear about the time I tried to stick Pop Rocks in my <laughs> underpants? I almost got away with it, except I wet my pants. <laughs> Hey, um, I got a great book by a guy named Bill Bryson, who ba basically doesn't write about Shakespeare's writings as much as he writes about the time that he lived in. And I thought you might find this interesting. All right. Talking about the years maybe between 1585 and 1592. Oh, yeah, those were some I good was, years right there. They were great years, yep. great yep. years. Keith Richards was just a kid. Yep. <laughs> and and he, so he said, the author is setting the scene as what it would be like to live in that time and how different would it be from the way we live now. He said, among things we would notice was dining and diet. The main meal was taken at midday. Yes. And if you were well off, off, it would often feature foods that nobody even eats now. Like what? Crane. Crane. Like the bird? Bustard. Like the bird? Yeah, like a bird. Ah. Bustard, which I looked up, is another kind of bird. Swan and stork. Th that was the main. If But you had to have good money to afford that. Uh, so they ate well. Uh, they eat a, ate as well as today. But the, there's a surviving 
cookbook of sorts, a household management book, I guess you'd call it, from 1604, a friend of uh, Shakespeare's family, and it has recipes for any number of dishes of delicacy and invention. There is mutton, oh, mutton. with claret, Seville orange juice, spinach tart. I like tarts. So I don't want them to be spinach. <laughs> Cheesecakes, custards, creamy meringues, stuff like that. So what isn't mutton uh, like a like a big old cow or a bison? What is mutton? Is it is there I an animal called a mutton? Oh, it's a sheep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> or a ram. Maybe it's a boy sheep. Yeah, if you go to places like Ireland, uh, you'll find find that on the menu everywhere. Is it have you had mutton. it? Is it good? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. don't sound that it's okay. about it. Well, Ireland's not famous for its great cuisine the way France is, yeah, for example. Yeah, true. It's, it's, it's passable. But if you didn't have any money back in those days, diet was a lot simpler, and it was mostly dark bread and cheese with a little occasional meat. Vegetables were eaten mostly by those who couldn't afford anything better. Mm. The potato was an exotic newcomer. They didn't really have potatoes in Shakespeare's mm. time. But then they started to, uh, to bring it in. And then you had to be careful because some things like one thing called poisonous nightshade looks like a potato, Ooh. but it's not. Ooh. And it, it could mess you up really good. Yeah. But the main thing is that people of all classes, rich or poor, and they didn't have tea and coffee yet, by the way, in Shakespeare's day. But uh, people of all classes love their food sweet. And so a lot of dishes, they have these sticky sweet glazes on them, mm. a lot of sugar. Mm. They even put sugar on fish and eggs and meats. And sugar was so popular that it would turn people's teeth black. And if you fail to attain the condition of blackness, sometimes people would intentionally blacken their teeth oh, wow. to show that they had had their share of sugar, too. Because if, if you have, have sugar, that means you're making pretty good right. dough. So you had and status because you could afford the you sugar. You had status. Yeah, interesting. And rich women, including the queen, made themselves up additionally beauteous by bleaching their skin. They'd use compounds of borax and sulfur and lead. Oh, my God. A lot of it toxic. But the idea was that you wanted pale skin because that was a sign of supreme loveliness. Hmm. Sounds and, lovely. And uh, they drink they drink beer copiously, even at breakfast. Yay. A, a tradition that continues to this day, <laughs> as you know. Yes, especially <laughs> but in a the gallon Foster a day, they <laughs> A gallon a day was the traditional Jeez. ration, even for monks. Oh, my God. And, we, and the better off you were, then you could drink wine. Tobacco was introduced the year after Shakespeare was born. So it was a luxury at first, but pretty soon, by the end of the century, there were 7,000 tobaccoists in in London. Hmm. So it, it got popular really fast. Anyway, I just thought those, what's those the weirdest, things that What's the weirdest thing so you've weird. ever eaten? So you've had mutton. Mm. What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? Yeah. I'm not very adventurous. My dad remembers well, when my dad was around. He remembered fondly going to his great aunt's house. and they, She lived on a farm near here. And they routinely would serve up uh, brains oh god that was a that was a breakfast thing like brains. Whose brains scrambled brains like, up from cows oh, and animals god. yeah oh god and he learned to love it i know and then and chicken feet he loved oh, that god. Pick, pickled uh pig's feet he loved that oh, and he'd bring this god. and he and none of us boys none of us oh. kids certainly not my mom would say yep i want some of that too <laughs> don't hog it all don't. 
That just makes me want to barf. Oh my god. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. But he loved it. Did you try it? it, it ever? Apparently, did him. No, no, God, no. <laughs> Jeez, no. But I mean, the littlest things can get me. Yeah, just that's roiling. true. That's oh, true. I had yeah. a, my mother-in-law when I was married loved pickled pigs' feet, and they were just mm. really grotesque in a jar. I mean, they just the poor little pigs running around with no feet just made me very sad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but but part of me wondered. Well, now they think it tastes really good. So, I mean, they're not going to be shoveling stuff in their mouth that doesn't have, that doesn't taste good. And I kept thinking, well, maybe I'm missing out. But I, I just, just never wanted to try that. I'm still feeling really nauseous from you saying all this. I wish I had not asked the, that question. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry God. I brought it up. Oh, sorry, I just had I'm to sorry burp. I brought it up. Oh, God. <laughs> you going to be okay? I think so. But my God. I was more along well, the lines. Here, I think we've, I think we've landed at the point of the show where I got to come up with the jokes here, and I had, and I was trying to get into my books today, and I found that I found several of them, and I couldn't decide on one. So don't blow them I all just, at once; just pick one. I kind of, I just kind of flipped a three-sided coin here. Okay. And I thought this maybe isn't the greatest <clears throat> joke in the world, but you know, you might like it. All right. I think you will. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Because I won't start until you're no, ready. No, I'm ready. Okay. Are you sure? Wait, hold on. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay. And uh, you might have that uh, little rustling sound effect standing by. Oh. Just, just in case. <laughs> well, I know. There's a place where you could use it here. Will I know? Will it be obvious? Yeah, just use it willy-nilly. Okay. <laughs> it adds a certain verisimilitude to this story. Oh, that's a good word. All right. During the wedding rehearsal, the groom approached the pastor with an unusual offer. He said, and this was just a private conversation between him and the and the pastor. He said, "Look, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you'll change the wedding vows for me. See, now when you get to me and the part where I'm." Have to promise to love and to honor and obey and forsaking all others, be faithful to her forever. Well, I'd appreciate it if you just leave that part out, Pastor. And he passed the pastor a $100 bill. And he walked. Oh, wait, was that not? <laughs> that's what I thought a $100 oh, bill would say. No, that's, 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 that's pretty much what it sounds like, yeah. <laughs> so he walks away and he's thinking, oh, I'll take care of that. So the day of the wedding comes, and so did that part of the ceremony where the bride and groom exchanged vows. Mm -hmm. And when it came time for the groom's vows, the pastor looked the young man in the eye and he said, And while you promise to prostrate yourself before her, obey her every command and wish, and serve her breakfast in bed every morning of your life, and swear eternally before God and your wife that you will not ever even look at another woman, or woman singular, as long as you both shall live. And the groom gulped and looked around, and you know, everybody's in the church, and they're looking at him, and his bride, and what can he say? Uh, I do. <laughs> then the groom leaned toward the pastor and said, Look, you, I thought we had a deal. The pastor put the $100 bill back into the groom's hand and said, She made me a lot better offer. <laughs> Candy. 
for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.